it's very difficult for human a human being to live meaningless. We need a meaning, but we cannot fabricate it. We have to find it, but to find it as a kind of reality. But and it's still a, a, a big question: what is real? What is the reality? I'm Michael Max, and this is Geological. One of the most important lessons I learned about practicing medicine came from one of my teacher's idiosyncrasies. It was a quirk that I'm not sure anyone else noticed, nor do I suspect he was even aware of it. When something didn't go the way that he thought it would, a patient responded in a surprising way or life in general caught his attention and invited a reevaluation of thinking, beliefs, or assumptions, he would pause with a quizzical look kind of gently shake his head back and forth while both frowning and smiling at the same time and mutter under his breath, "Mm, wrong again. I found this wildly amusing. This was an accomplished practitioner, deeply experienced and marinated in decades of study and practice, the kind of doc that knows what he's doing. And yet on a regular basis, I'd catch that mutter of, "Mm, wrong again. It wasn't an accusatory directive and it lacked a self emulating vitriol of, I'm stupid, nor did it have the acrid edge of resentment or blame. It was more that he was surprised and a bit amused as he recognized that things were not like he'd thought. It contained more information than judgment, along with a whopping dose of self-reflective awareness. I'm not sure how he was able to be open to information that most of us would have easily swept to the side. The little things that did not fit and could be ignored as the annoyances of everyday life were easily dismissed as irrelevant outlying data points. But these moments caught his attention, made him pause as he reflected on how his ideas about what was going on did not quite match up with how the world was unfolding in the moment. There was something in the way he was both gentle and strict with his attention and would use these pinprick moments of illumination to prime and tune his own process of learning. Being wrong in clinical practice is unavoidable. We're taught from our first week in acupuncture school that we're going to get it wrong. Everyone gets it wrong. In fact, getting it wrong is part of getting it right. Teachers would regale us with stories of how they thoroughly misjudged a case and how their treatment took a patient further from the health and vitality that they were seeking. These are great teaching stories and completely in alignment with some of the oldest of our classical texts on medicine that not only tell us how to treat disease, but they also tell us how to recognize mistakes and how to correct them. It's helpful from the outset to know that missteps are unavoidable in the practice of medicine. It's part of the soup. There's no way to learn medicine other than by doing it and using the mistakes along the way as necessary course corrections. Still, hearing the stories of experienced practitioners makes for good entertainment. The question of how we keep ourselves together in the midst of a situation that's coming apart, hmm, that's another matter altogether. Wrong again. It take some internal fortitude to sit with these words in such a way so as to open up our curiosity and at the same time dial down the reactivity that so easily arises when we thought we were knowledgeable and in control only to find that our understanding was incomplete. It requires a kind of surrender to step into the stream of uncertainty and remain attentive and aware. It takes practice to calm the voices we have that are so ready to point out our flaws and our failings. It's easy to fall either into self-criticism or an inflative sense of, "Mm, I knew that, when our egos are confronted with its limitations. We're wrong a lot in clinic. Ask any doctor. They will tell you it's part of what puts the patina of competency on a practitioner. Often, our missteps are like the small course corrections that pilots make when flying from one destination to another. Our mistakes are similar to the more of this, less of that in how a chef works out a new recipe. Like in any relationship, we are working out the boundaries of what fits, what doesn't, what unexpectedly helps, and what surprisingly hinders. The side benefit of this is that we can help our patients to feel less anxious as they navigate the foreign country of illness. They often hold themselves accountable for their troubles. If only I hadn't. If only I'd sooner known. If 
How could I have been so stupid? It's all too human to fall into blame when a simple, huh, wrong again with a chuckle would keep us more connected to a productive sense of inquiry. Wrong again. It doesn't mean stop. It means start again. It means our fallibility is not a weakness, but rather a sign that we're pushing the edges, that getting it right without the lessons of the ways that we've gotten it wrong leads to an incomplete understanding. It's not about being right, but learning to get it right. There's a kind of poetry to Chinese characters. They give hints and clues about the names we give to the world. They tell a story. In a moment, we're going to get into a conversation with Elisabeth Rocha and dig into the meaning and etymology of certain characters. But more importantly, discuss what these characters might mean for us as practitioners of Chinese medicine. These geological conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Need to fill up the appointments created by late cancellations? Jane can help with that problem. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Concerned about the health of Mother Earth? AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, listen for a special offer from Andrew Sturman on Diet as Medicine and the folks at Blue Poppy share some thoughts on the safety of herbal medicine. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. Hi, folks. I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year, and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit mayway.com to find the perfect plum flower brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore whenever you need a break. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies, and enjoy bits of Chinese culture. This month, we're focusing on the treatment of various skin concerns like itchy skin and stubborn acne. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our skin health formulas this month too. Just visit Meiwei.com. This season and every season, trust Meiwei for your health and wellness needs. And as always, thanks for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. Change is never easy. This is evidenced by the fact that the scales weighing the number of people on the green side of change versus the number of people on the old, hard-on-the-planet ways of doing things are still way out of balance. Our planet is suffering, but our profession has an easier way to shift the scales. The founders of AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles started with a great needle and then created our industry's first eco-friendly packaging and reusable accessories. They also give back to nature by planting trees. I encourage you to challenge yourself to make the change. Ride the wave of spring yang chi and make the switch by joining me and the multitude of colleagues who made the change. Now you can celebrate Earth Month in April with pride knowing that you are helping us to tip the scales of planetary health towards a greener, healthier, and healing planet. Visit www.acufastneedles.com to get on board. You've probably already heard me here on the podcast share about Jane, my favorite all-in-one practice management software that helps you to run your practice online and manage no-shows. The team at Jane understands that life happens, and sometimes that means your patients are unable to make their scheduled appointment. If that's the case, a quick and easy way to fill those unexpected gaps in your day is by utilizing Jane's time-saving waitlist management features. You can take advantage of automated SMS text or email notifications to notify eligible waitlisted patients that there's an opening so they can easily scoop up an available time. If you know you're ready to sign up, you can mention the show or use the code CHEOLOGICAL for a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. Visit jane.app to get started today. 
I love digging into the meaning and nuance of characters. It's like drinking really good wine with friends who appreciate that sort of thing. And when sitting down for this kind of a conversation with Elizabeth, it's like sampling the top shelf stuff. Okay, let's have a look at some of my favorite Chinese characters and what they might mean to us about practicing medicine. Elizabeth Rochette, welcome to Geological. Thank you, Michael, for inviting me. So happy to have you here because I love talking about the Chinese language, and it seems like you have a little experience with the Chinese language. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have a good one or a, an expertise, but I have a long one. You have a long one. A long one, yes. I start when I was just 20 years old, when I met Father Claude Lahr, and now I am well over 70, so... <laughs> It's more than half a century. Sure, it doesn't mean that I know a lot of things, but uh, I am used to Chinese characters. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny. Sometimes the longer we live, the less we know. I mean, we've learned a lot, but, it, but we recognize so often how much we still don't know. How did you get started at the age of 20? Whatever drew you to looking into Chinese? I met him by chance. And he was just coming back from uh, Vietnam in China, Vietnam in, uh, in the 66, 67. And uh, I was fascinated by his, the way he had to speak of uh, Chinese uh, philosophy, approach of life. And uh, yeah, it fascinated me. He was translating the Tao Te Ching, the Book of the Way and the Virtue, and working on other things. And so I started to study with him, and I started... Uh, something that is never done. I start directly with classical Chinese written language. And it's just some uh, two years after that I start the spoken language. So, and uh, immediately after, uh, I'd say 70, in 60, 69, something like that, we met Dr. Jean Schatz, who was a French medical doctor and acupuncturist. And we start to work together, not only on the Chinese uh, philosophical texts, especially Taoist, uh, with Father La, but also on the classics of medicine. And uh, we work together and we start to try to understand what it means exactly and how the understanding of the classical text of Chinese medicine was linked to the civilization and all the other works and uh, texts uh, making a kind of ambience, a cultural environment in which they were produced. And so giving us a kind of vision of life, vision of, the, uh, of a living body, of, a, of uh, what, and the, also questioning us, you know, what it, what it takes to be a human being, what difference does it make, especially, and so on. So uh, a, a lot of questions that, we don't necessarily have to accept what the Chinese from 2,000 years ago was, were telling, you know. As I always said in my lecture, it's not because it was written 2,000 years ago in China that it is true. Yeah, sure. But at least it uh, gives us some uh, questioning and some ways to reflect on this question from another perspective. And that is even without even studying Chinese medicine or philosophy, this is a kind of enrichment. And it is, in fact, what we may take from one from the other as several approach, civilization, language, culture, not to be in competition, not to start to, to try to sell the most disgusting garbage that we can produce, but just to offer one to the other the best of our uh, view on life and human being. So listen, I want to I want to ask you. We're going to get into some characters here in a little bit, but you know, I, I love that you started with the classical stuff. You were reading these old books. You were looking at getting a glimpse back in ancient China of what it means to be a human being. Now that is a big question. Oh, yeah. It's a huge question. And even though it's a huge question, I would still like to start with that. What are some of the things, especially early on, as you were beginning to get interested in this work, that you started to uncover about what it meant to be a human being? And how has that unfolded in your life since? 
Yeah, sure. Because the fact is that it's very difficult for human a human being to live meaningless. We need a meaning, but we cannot fabricate it. We have to find it, but to find it as a kind of reality. But and it's still a, a, a big question: what is real? What is the reality? And nowadays, it's more than ever a question with all the virtual and such. So we are suffering right now also of a deficiency in our approach of reality. What it means? I will not give a definition. I will. Uh, I will not make a, a class of philosophy. You know, but uh, if reality is what I think or what I experiment, if the reality is depending on the I, there is no meaning that I can find really for my life. So, and now I have to find this meaning in a kind of, in, a, in another approach, perhaps in the depth of myself, because I participate to this life, which is a cosmic life. So, and in this case, I find it as well as observing all what happened around me as in the depths of myself when I try to remove all kind of disturbance, you know, something, uh, sure. And in this case, what do I find? I don't know. Myself, I'm a little bit Taoist, but it's not exactly so far uh, the deepest meaning. So I'm, uh, it's a, I'm a Christian, so... Uh, but once you have said that, what it means, it means that the deep meaning for me is in the, the love manifested in the person of Jesus. That's all. And it's even too much because what is that? What he is? What is God? I have no answer. And it's impossible to give any answer, any definition. But there is. That's all. so. And in the Chinese approach, yeah, there is something which is similar. And there is something certainly similar in a lot of other approaches. But after that, we differ a little bit. So, and even in China, the Confucian approach is not exactly the Taoist approach if you want to keep this kind of uh, categories, you know. So they are more or less accurate, but never, never mind. So, but in the Taoist, yeah, it's certainly what is the Tao? It's also what is behind and behold everything and everyone, every life, but everything is depending on that. It is. And we cannot say anything else. So, but on that, we may rely on some kind of building, observation. For instance, if I want to speak of the Chinese approach, I know the best. You can look in nature. And you can look at the unfolding of life in nature and you can see some kind of order and you can call it a heavenly order, a natural order. And that is also inside of you as your beginning, as the very root of your existence. So, and this kind of order is uh, not something that uh, a constraint, something that I impose to me. It is the movement of life itself, you know, exactly as in the bamboo. When you look at the bamboos, the bamboos, they are very vivid. They are lively. They grow very fast, but without losing their diameter, you know, not too much. Yeah, at the end, of course, a little bit. But uh, sure, how do they do that? Because they know how to rest, how to stop making the bamboo knots. You know, the nodes of the bamboo. Yes, able, able to stop when it is time to stop. And so to renew, to regain. So so they, they last like that. So there is a rhythm. Rhythm is one aspect of chi. Rhythm is perhaps the first aspect of chi. Chi is always yin yang, always well manifested. So and so this rhythm is like the measure in music. It is not a limit uh, which is imposed on the kind which is very lively. It is a condition of life. So, so a couple things. I want to I want to make sure that I'm following this because there's two things that really caught my attention. The first was that there's a natural order to things. You could call it a heavenly order, 
And all you have to do is look into nature and you'll see it. Us human beings are not separate from that. There is an order within us. I, I, I was going to say reflective of nature, but that if it's reflective of nature, then that means we're somehow standing outside of nature. And we, we don't stand outside of it. We exist within it. And so it's, it's, not a, it's not a reflection as much as it is, I'm not even sure the word, I'm not even sure what the word is that I'm looking for, that we're already part of it. It's like we don't need to find it because we're already part of it. Yeah, exactly. It's the reason why sometimes in the Tao Te Ching or in the old Taoist text, we can translate, of course, some sentences or some expression as a companionship with the way. A companionship, that's it. That is a great way of describing it. We know, but what it is, <laughs> after that, we have several schools. And we have to enter in a school if you want to practice. And if you don't practice, we are in risk to just to err and to be lost. Yeah? Sure. And also there is differences. In the Taoist sensitivity, they will rather be on uh, what is in myself behind all that. What is life? It, it manifested uh, for a time with this form of life, which is I, mm. presently, but which is a lot more. And I participate by keeping it at the best or uh, merging it with the life of, of the cosmos. But in the Confucian approach, they will prefer, it's, it's, you know, it's, I don't want to cut very uh, strongly between both. But yeah, as a kind of sense of a propensity, they prefer to remain uh, aware of what they do, what they ought to do and to be. And there is something that we found regularly. It's uh, what makes me, what, that, uh, what I am, is also the model for what I ought to be and to become. You know? Sure, so we have some kind of, for, for instance, differences. I'm just speaking of two of Taoism and Confucianist sensitivities, uh, not to go in other things, but of course, it's very simplistic. Yeah. But it, it's also what we find. So how much we need to keep, in, to keep control, to be in control of my thinking. But my thinking, and that is said everywhere, is always also a danger. It's part of the specificity of the human. If I don't think, how can I be a human being? You know? I'm sorry, I, I, I misunderstood that last part. The specificity of what? Human being. Uh-huh. We think. Being. Yeah. We have, but, and uh, through my thought, I may have also a discernment. So, but if my discernment is enlightened, is accurate, or spiritual, for instance, Shen Ming. So uh, I know when to stop, and even when to stop the process of knowledge. Because if I don't stop the process of knowledge, uh, the knowledge that I have in my head, in my brain, takes the place of the natural life. So, so we're back to that bamboo again, where it grows node by node, right? In Chinese, you could almost say ibu ibu lai, right? Step by step, right? It, it, knows, it knows when to begin. It knows when to end. One ending is also a beginning. And because it knows when to start and when to stop, it can grow in this very linghua, this very lively way. It's strong unto itself. And what I hear you saying is that when it comes to being a human being, there is a place for us to discern and be making sense of the world. And then there's a time when we can when we should stop with that. It's like there's a time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to start and a time to stop. Yeah, because coming back to your first question about the human being, what is the difference between a bamboo and a human being? And that we found that in text uh, as soon as the third century BC. So in that, I don't, I don't only have a life, and she and knowledge, ability to know and to memorize, but I have discernment, which means that the bamboo, the bamboo grows with stopping at the knot naturally, spontaneously, instinctively. Yeah. But there is no discernment. 
But the human being doesn't have an instinctive life as such because he participates to the to this spirit of heaven or whatever you call it, you know. There is something in the human being which makes them responsible for their own life. So the responsibility of the Confucian who is responsible for oneself, for his family, for his country, for the world, you know. And also, even if you are in the Taoist sensitivity, yeah, the spontaneity is not, okay, I do what I want, uh, like that. It's I come back to my original nature, which is exactly this part. But uh, sure, uh, behind knowledge and uh, so, but I need to know how to do also. Yeah. So we need both. Yeah, after that, there is different sensitivity. Yeah. We may have another approach. I say, if I tell the beginning, I say myself, I am more Christian than Taoist still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I hesitate a little bit, but okay. So far, it's, I cannot, because, and it's not by choice. It's never a choice. It's never a choice. No. Because if you have the choice, it's not real. If I can take this and that, as when I go to the market and I can take either uh, grapes or peach or a melon, whatever, you know, what is the value of that? No, it's because I cannot help. It's obvious. It is the only thing to be done. It is like that. No, I cannot do something else. It's not exactly a choice. It's not a choice. I may choose after to work, to practice, to do this and that. But basically at the root, it is just ah, something that you cannot avoid. Are you saying that we don't have choice in this life? Depends on the the meaning of choice. We have a lot of choices, but we do not choose the reality. And if the reality is in front of you, it is. No. But we can choose within the reality. After that, we may choose to have a lot of choices. I can do this or not, and so on. I may decide to follow this path or not. I may, of course, there is a lot. But I do not decide the reality itself. What is? Hello, everyone. Andrew Sturman here. I've been working with clients in Chinese medicine dietary therapy for over two decades in New York City. My focus is beautiful, simple, delicious, and health-supportive home cooking. Good meals can be inspired by the strategies of classic herbal formulas so that each meal is infused with medical intention from appetizer to dessert. This requires an understanding of the energetic properties of grains, vegetables, meats, fruits, and more, and knowing which foods are moistening, drying, building, clearing, warming or cooling, as well as their directionality. I've organized these teachings in my two-volume book series, Welcoming Food, where you can learn this theory, practice it in your own kitchen, and love doing so. See the positive reviews and incredible testimonials from practitioners and patients who've brought this material into their own kitchens. Welcoming Food Books 1 and 2 can easily be found online, and if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, where I'll be posting cooking tutorials, you can find me at Welcoming Food. Back to you, Michael. Thanks very much. I want to come back to discernment for a moment, because this is, I mean, it seems to me that anyone who's practicing Chinese medicine in a clinical fashion uses their discernment every single day, and they use it in a very specific and, and hopefully a very skilled way. When you think of the word discernment, what's the word in what's the word, what's the character in Chinese that we're talking about here? It depends. But quite often it's a character Ming. It's a character which looks like made with the sun and the moon. So this is Ming. You're talking about Ming? So so like Yang Ming the Ming. Yes, as yes. And it's very interesting because, of course, it looks like made with the sun and the moon. But in fact, if we look at the original uh, uh, graph uh, of this character, it is the light of the moon entering in, in a room. And so, 
And, and you have to imagine, for instance, that is my imagination, but it fits with the meaning of the character. So you are in the darkness during the night. You cannot see anything. You cannot know on what you put your hands. Uh, oops, oops, oops. And, uh, but if as a sudden, and of course there is no electricity and nothing like that, of course, but if a sudden, the moon breaks out of the clouds and the full moon gives a very great light inside of the room, as a sudden, you have no doubt. You see things obviously. Yeah, you are enlightened. Yeah, so, and in being, there is something like that. It is a light. It is also to see clearly, to be clear uh, and seeing, clear saying. Uh, so, it's, and it's also clear, evident, manifest. It's a way you can perceive things. And sure, and you have this kind of light. So in you, in yourself, for instance, if you are able to remove by the practice anything that can block your eyes to see when they, where the light shred, yeah? yeah? So, and so if you put curtain on the windows, you will never see what is in the room because the, the, the light of the wood will never enter. So this is my story. Yeah, yes, course. yes. And unless you take away the curtains, and then you can get the light. And, and all the curtains, they are, for instance, uh, violent emotion, passion, uh, mm. inaccurate desires, and so on. Ambitions, uh, it's the wrong meaning of the term. So all what is devouring your vitality and uh, preventing you to stop and to go with life, with the rhythm of life, you know? So when we remove all of that, sure, we have this kind of enlightenment, and we have this kind of brightness, because we become also enlightening. Well, because we understand. I mean, my, my understanding of that character, Ming, and it's a great character, and it's used in, it's used in so many ways. You know, it's seen as brightness, it's seen as understanding. I, you know, I love it. You know, like if you're in China and you're trying to figure out how to work a new computer, it has a shuaming shu, right? It has it, it, you know, it has an instruction manual, right? And that and that character Ming is the shuaming, right? So it's so in some ways it is an instruction manual. It's like if you understand. You know, then you can see clearly. But I, again, I want to I, I want to keep working with this a little bit because this this idea of dis, of discernment. Now you've really got my attention. So you were, and and I love the image here too as well, that the you know the the light of the moon is is what's helping us to see clearly and understand because there's light and it's kind of an enlightening experience. You can have curtains that cover that light. That could be the emotions or habits or, you know, many different things. Again, I want to come down to how do we discern? Is there another character that can help us with say being aware of where the window is and, and, and doing something to take those curtains away? Oh, absolutely. There is several, several characters which are possible, of course. Uh, one, one of them, maybe, which is knowledge, to know and to be aware uh, and uh, to, uh, yeah, even to build a kind of consciousness uh, to understand. So, but you know, there is so many characters. It is one this one of the knowledge is one of the most frequent. Yes, and, and which character is that again? Jure. Oh, sure. Jure, yeah. Mm. So it's it's like the uh, the earth or the scholar over the heart. Uh, no, no, that is uh, no, that is a will, or uh, so which is uh, totally different. This jure is uh, an arrow and a mouse. You know, it's a. Uh, Ah, yes, of course, it's difficult to describe a character. Oh, Jersher uh, uh, the Jer. Yeah. Okay. So it is, it's, it's, it's to know, to know knowledge. Yes, to, to know something, to understand it. Yes, to understand. It may be intellect or it may be awareness. You know, it's, it's 
to recognize also, you know, uh, to perceive, to perceive, and you perceive the same kind, the same kind of story always. When you perceive with the sense organ, if your our eyes are welled, so if there is some kind of blinder, you know, so uh, as in the, in the windows, so we cannot perceive accurately. We think that we know, but we are we were unable to clearly see. So we have a knowledge which is a misinformation. Yeah. Misinformation. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Sure. So the quality of the knowledge always depends also of how we are able to remove all the blinders. So what helps us to remove those blinders? Uh, yeah, so that so it's difficult to say because there is several approaches. But first is, no, is a, some said in a human being, it is normal to want to know what is, you know, not to be in delusion. So... Sure, even if, of course, I am not speaking with the psychology or modern psychology that, yes, there is some people or sometimes we prefer delusion, but I'm not speaking of that. I'm speaking at kind of average. A human being rather wants to know what is, tell me what is. I want the truth. I want to know what it was and so on and so on. Sure. And it's also when one of the great, uh, that a great engine, a great impulse for progress. Yeah, sure. I mean, I see this in my patients all the time. They've got a problem. They may not know what it is. Nobody can find what the problem is. They've been to many different doctors, and they just want to know what's going on with them. So this is the juror we're talking about. They want to know with a juror kind of knowing about what their world is. And also, what is also important, in, I think, in the Chinese, in classical China, uh, is um, generations of human beings building something, you know, the ancient sage of uh, antiquity or, uh, and so on, so, or masters. So, so on a, differently, according to your sensitivity, of course, Taoist, Confucian, and so on, but... Uh, yes, yeah, still, there is a kind of um, something which, yes, I think it's also almost everywhere in the human civilization that we are not uh, starting from nothing. We are continuing a kind of movement of humanity that uh, is built from generation to generation uh, for a long, long time. So, and there is... Uh, a kind of this teaching that we can have from the ancient, and of course in China, in, uh, yeah, the respect of the elder, yeah, more or less, but yeah. So, and sure, it's important to know, for example, in the Confucianism, it's very important to study the old master. So those who knew, they have a kind of clear vision of things, how they were, how it is. And it's the reason why they were able to put this vision of the movement of life in the universe in some kind of pattern that we may call Li, ritual, ritual, the Li of ritual uh, proprieties, you know, or in hexagram, if we are in the Book of Change, or, what, or even in written characters, you know, and books and texts, whatever, you know. Uh, it's a kind of help to find a, a kind of guideline. So when I hear you say guideline, and you just you just mentioned one of my most, well, I could say favorite characters in a way, but it's also for me one of the most troublesome characters that I puzzle over, which is Lee. Sure, but which Lee? You know, you are speaking of the Lee of principle or the Lee of ritual? I am talking about the Lee of principle. Yes, yeah, that is really nice. And uh, because it is, uh, it's a very interesting character because it's made with a jade. The first meaning, as you know, being the veins visible in the jade. And from that, sure, it's, uh, it becomes very early. The intrinsic, inherent organization of all form of life at each level, you know, and 
also a kind of principle of organization informing the development of any form of life from each of the myriads of beings as at the very level of the cosmos. And uh, so after that depends when, when you are in time or if you are in the 3rd century BCE or 11th century AD, depends in one kind of text, depends with the context. For instance, Chen Li, the heavenly principle. So it's a, we will find more that in the Taoist text at first. So, sure. But anyway, it is, in fact, another example of what makes me what I am and what is a model of what I ought to be. Oh. It- it to me seems like this pattern that connects things. Sure. And uh, not only connects things, of course, but it's a pattern, the intrinsic pattern for everything, which, of course, is connecting, but because this pattern is mine, but is also analogous to a more general pattern or to a cosmic pattern. After that, you know, depends on the context, sure. And also, it's a pattern which is both, if you like, on the side of what I may call biological. It's a pattern of my body, of my veil, of my skin, of the texture of my skin. It's on trolley, the Chinese medicine, as well as it is a pattern for my moral behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes through us at, at all levels. Exactly, it, it is the same. And another time we can see here how we, in China, in the classical Chinese, we cannot really separate what is biological or physical, you know, as a body, the biological, and moral as a behavior. Uh, it's a very, very large meaning uh, of these words. So, which is fascinating because it is exactly what we have in the Chinese medicine. But it is totally natural. And it's really different of what we call psychosomatic. So this is, I want to dig into this a little bit and and focus it down into the clinic in a way. I, I want to run an idea by you and just see what you think about this. Because I've, I've been, I've studied a little Chinese, just enough to get myself in trouble. But there are some characters that just like they stick in my mind because it's, you know, it's like a really good poem in a way. If you know a really good poem that calls to you, you can read it at different times in different places and it will say different things to you. You know, all all good art is that way, I think. And so when I think about Lee, I also think about coherence, how things are put together, how they hold together. You were talking, you know, we're just talking a moment ago about that you could have something going on emotionally. It can affect how things are physically because of the Lee that gets called psychosomatic in English or, you know, from a Western medicine idea. I often think that in clinic, what we're doing is we're helping to like attune the Lee of a patient so that they are in greater coherence with who they already are. Mm -hmm. And also if they are in a greater coherence with themselves, is because they are in a greater uh, relation or a better relationship with the source, the origin of their life, and which also makes the uh, relationship with the other at the root. And because we have say, in relationships, there is a kind of relationship which is at the surface. Yeah, we have always this kind of relationship, but there is also another relationships which is at the root and which is behind the world. And that exists always in the human relationships at different levels. There is people, we have this kind of very deep connection, but with some other, even if we don't know them very well, we can have it also. But we cannot express exactly with word. But we know that we understand when the other because of this common root this common connection to what is. Two basic misconceptions stand in the way of people feeling comfortable using Chinese herbal medicine, even as they are feeling more positive about acupuncture. 
They're concerned about safety as herbal medicine is an unregulated industry and feel herbs are not effective to treat most conditions. Blue Poppy is committed to meeting all FDA safety regulations. All of their herbal products contain minimal or no filler to maximize potency and efficiency. Their granules are carefully manufactured in GMP-certified facilities, and every batch is tested multiple times for pesticides, heavy metals, and microbial content at the manufacturer and by SGS Laboratory, a Swiss certification and inspection company. For over 20 years, Blue Poppy has made quality and safety manufacturing standards their biggest priority, resulting in exceptionally effective herbal formulas. Their years of experience provide you with the best possible herbs so your patients have the best possible outcomes. With free shipping and free dropship service on orders over $50, Blue Poppy should be your favorite place to shop for herbs. Use the code CHI2024 to receive 10% off Blue Poppy products on your next order. And so by Working with a person's Lee, helping them come into more coherence of their own, let's say, patterning and who they are, maybe their shoulder gets better because they came in for shoulder pain, but their relationship with their spouse gets better and their digestion gets better. Yeah. And you do what you do is to harmonize the chi. Yeah. And but so... Mm-hmm. The, this is one of these things. I hear that term harmonize the chi. It's a very nice thing that we all learn in our first week of acupuncture school. We can go decades talking about harmonizing the chi. And so often when I hear people say harmonize the chi, or when I hear myself say harmonize the chi, I think to myself, what the hell are we talking about? We are talking about the kind of patterns that we have to the order of the interaction of chi in the human being. One example, a famous example, is the five phases or agents or elements, you know? So, uh, it, which is exactly, uh, which may be called Li also, uh, the five Li, for instance, so in chapter five. So, and uh, sure, it's uh, because it's a, it's a pattern of uh, the normality and the order and disorder of the interaction of Qi. And so I have this pattern and I know how it is when it is, uh, in the limit, in um, how is that? Uh, in the limits of what is acceptable for my life, for instance, my heart may beat a little bit too fast or too slow. It's still in a, enough in harmony with what I am to keep me alive. But at a certain point, the disorder will just trigger a lot of difficulties, and if it continues. It will be the limit of the possible harmony or harmonization, and I am dead. You know, it's a, it's a, to harmonize, we have always to refer to a pattern, and a pattern which is a general one, but that I have to apply to this individual uh, with both all what I have in my knowledge, my intellect, my memory, my techniques and sound, what I know I know, and a kind of emptiness in myself, because without this emptiness, I cannot be totally present to my patient. I cannot totally be present to all the signs which are shown, the sign of chi, and I can become blind. My knowledge blind me. Yes, you know? yes, 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 yes. As a practitioner, we both have perfectly. We always have both, and we have to cultivate both daily. You put your finger right on it. I, I feel like this in so many ways is the essence of practice in the clinic, that there's the part of us that has the knowledge, the juror, okay? And and we need that, and there's a place for it. But without the emptiness, the juror can blind us. We cannot see what's in front of us without that emptiness. Yeah. It's, and we accept with no condition. It's just. But that is also a daily working. Okay, so so emptiness. Are we talking about Kong? Um, Shu. Shu. Yeah, rather Shu. Which, 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 not not like Shu and Shu to Shu. Shu, not not as. Naiga Shu. Which Shu are we talking about? 
She with uh, the tiger stripes. Uh, and, uh, 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 how do you can explain that? Oh, she, the, she which is a deficiency, for instance. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, sure gun shoe to shoe. Yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay. So the emptiness that we're talking about here, for those of you that don't uh, understand Chinese, is the same is the same shoe as deficiency, but we're calling it emptiness here. We're calling it so. So this is fascinating, Elizabeth, because in my training as a Chinese medicine practitioner, I'd always think of like shoe is like oh shoe is a problem. We got to fix that. It's there's not enough of something. And what I hear you saying is. There's there's an element of shoe that we can hold and we can be in, and it will help us to not be blind to what our juror shows us. No, you see, she, the emptiness, yes. the void, vacuity, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is absolutely necessary for all life movement, even if we do not see it. I will take two examples. For instance, you have a traffic in the streets. It's normal to have traffic in the streets. If you don't have traffic, it's because there is a confinement or something awful ha- uh, uh, happening. Yeah. So, sure. So, the normal thing is, but if we have a traffic jam, it's a bad fullness. If we have a nice fluid traffic, it's a good fullness. But this traffic may be good only because there is an empty space always in front of each car. And if you take a water pipe, it's the same thing. The water can flow in the pipe because of an emptiness, even if we don't see it, because there is no difference between emptiness and fullness when they are perfect. No, that is a first point. No, the second part now is she... She is just the condition of this movement, which is life. Yeah. And without it, I cannot live. As I cannot live also without all the substances, all the things implementing my life, which is on the side of the fullness. So, and even in medical text, chapter one, chapter 62, the, the sentence is popping in my mind. You may have sentences telling you, once you have solved the problem of the bad emptiness, the deficiency, for instance, in the circulation of the meridian, you have restored the emptiness. Restored. the So now I'm thinking, I'm so glad we started with bamboo. So the middle of the bamboo and part of what gives it its strength and its lingua supability is the shoe at the heart of the bamboo. Oh, yes. Shoe uh, is... a. Um, and it is when it is empty that it is not breakable. <laughs> but that is another thing. It's another perspective. Sure. But what is a, a definition of she of emptiness of the mind, for instance? If I take it in a Confucian text of the third century BCE, so I may say it's when there is nothing preventing me to receive what presents itself to me. Ooh, so, say, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Say that again. When there is nothing preventing me to receive what arrives, what happens as a thing, as a being, as an event, whatever, all what happened, all what is around me and presenting to me, I am able to accept it. So that is emptiness. Nothing is blocking me to receive anything. As it is, of course, as it is. Which is a nice one. And it is in a Confucian text, in one, in, in one of the most, in, of, a greater, of the greatest Confucian thinkers. In the, you know, chapter 21, yes. Uh, yeah. Sure. It's, uh, and that is exactly what you have in the street or in the water pipe. Nothing is stopping the movement. Or the acupuncture clinic. Uh, yeah, uh, whatever, or nothing is preventing me to receive what does exist, even if I am not aware of that. I receive it. It's one of the source of intuition, what we call intuition or uh, whatever you want. But I have to to constantly work on myself to improve myself by inner working. If you want to be a therapist, 
not only a care, uh, 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 so for instance, to, to care or to give some treatment, yeah, but to be a therapist, I don't know if it is exactly the same uh, difference in the meaning in English and in French, but it takes more. You, know? you can be a caretaker, there is nothing wrong. Because everyone has his own uh, vocation, you know? and uh, nature, so there is nothing bad, nothing wrong. But we, we have to know what we are and what we want to be. So if we are a therapist, we have to cultivate ourselves in the, in the way of the therapist. Yes. Well, just a few minutes ago when you were talking about that we need the knowledge and that we need the emptiness. Yeah. I mean, that, that totally makes sense. You can look at that as another expression of yin and yang. Now, I, I want to talk about what connects those things up. And I got a suspicion it's this other character that I find very interesting. You see it all over in many different ways, and that's Tong. Oh, Tong, uh, uh, Tong, Tong of uh, to pass, to circulate, uh, to commune. Yes, yes. Yeah, this one. Oh, yeah, it's a very, very nice one because uh, it it means, in fact, to to circulate, to go through. So to pass, and uh, it may be very uh, physical. Yeah. So to, to go through a, a passage or even uh, in, in the body to go through the intestine. So huh? to go, as a, to defecate, for instance. Yes, so, bien. Yeah, Yes, absolutely. And, uh, but it's also, it may be also to, to, to communicate uh, intellectually, you know, to, to understand. To, uh, it's very often we have this meaning of understanding, but which is not exactly the same uh, thing that we have previously with the character je. Knowledge, which is also to understand with the knowledge. Trong is rather to understand because I communicate. I commune with it. Even it may be, be uh, maybe I may translate some time as to commune, you know. To commune to to be in the kind of communion with, sure to have a full to be with. Uh, yes to be with to uh, that there is no obstacle which between all what is passing from you to me or from heaven to me and me for to heaven so and that is also uh, uh, necessary for life each time that there is something pervading this circulation at any level there is a problem. If my intestines are no more uh, making my uh, the feces space passing, I have an occlusion. I am in trouble. So, and if my blood is no more circulating, it's another problem of flowing. If my defense, my uh, constriction or nutrition is not passing everywhere in the body, I am also in trouble. If uh, uh, I, if something. If there is the passage, a communication between heaven and me, or the chi of heaven and my life is uh, not good, so I have, I'm also in problem. This is the title, for instance, of the sub chapter three of the Soen. Sure, uh, it's uh, all life of living beings, so it's a continue to live because of this communication with heaven chi, you know. And uh, so it is a, a character which may be translated only according to the context. Yes. Well, this is the, the wonderful thing about Chinese medicine, Chinese language too, for that matter, that the context is so vital to really understanding something. It's the same in any language. Mm. Yes, I suppose it is, now that you mention it. Sure. Yeah, look, look at spirit in English. Context? Yeah. Context of spirit. Context of spirit. Yes. If I go in a grocery to buy some spirit, it's not exactly the same thing as the Holy Spirit. Or that my spirit or the spirit of the nation. It's the same English word. It will not be necessarily the same Chinese characters. You know, it's the reverse. And so on. Uh, say, say, uh, say, say, that, say that again. I didn't quite catch that. Sure. If you take the word spirit in English, mm -hmm. you, have, you need to have a context to know what it means. Yes. Why the spirit is not exactly the same thing that Holy Spirit. That's an aspect of spirit. 
Yeah, but it is not the same. Not the same. It's not the same. And it will not be the same character or the same word in another language. But we, we, don't, we don't know, we, we don't pay attention to it because it is natural for us in our own language. Yes, it's, it's, it's like living in, in water. It's like a fish in water. It's hard to be aware of, of what we're living in. So I, I want to dig a little more into Tong in the context of opening, connecting, and communicating zhe and shu. Yeah. Or Tong has a lot of other meanings. For instance, an adultery relationships, illicit sexual relationships can be Tong also. <laughs> <laughs> You need the context, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. But but the context here is someone in clinic, and and they're working with their shoe to be present, and they're working with their juror, the knowledge that they have to help somebody. How does tongue come into all of this? Ah, uh, yeah. It's, you may use it at several levels. What is the communication with the patient? Is exactly that we have a communication that we, I will say. We master, you know, uh, I know how I behave. I have to even to pay attention to my attitude, to my body. It's a kind of a, a practice for me also. If I pay attention to the way I move, not only I give a better signal to the patient, so I uh, improve the communication, but I work also on my own chi, you know. Mm -hmm. I communicate, it's uh, communicate better in me and it communicates better with the other one. But also at another, uh, as I communicate with what I can say and so on, but there, I, there is also this communication at the level of my emptiness, if I can say that, you know. Sure. And the patient, they don't know, but they have it. And uh, the part of the signal that is given to the chi of the patient comes from this place in us that we cannot know and we cannot master, which is what it is, which is a result of what we try to become. The, uh, as we're having this conversation, and, and I'd not thought about this before, but I'm going to watch for it in clinic. It occurs to me, you know, on a good day when I feel like, like I'm, working both with my shoe and with my knowledge, both with the emptiness and with the knowledge. Sometimes I get a sense that the emptiness in me connects with the emptiness in the patient, and then something happens. Yeah, but be careful not to think too much of it. You will destroy it. Exactly. But continue to work on it. It's difficult, yes, because we love to we love to be in control. <laughs> so when so when in that that space of shoe of emptiness, we can kind of glimpse, maybe just a glimpse from the side of our eye, but no more than that, because otherwise now we're bringing the knowledge in, and that fills mm -hmm. the emptiness. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And after that, we don't. And why do we need to have even this glance? Um, I suspect the dance itself is part of the healing. <laughs> that's a, that's a great question, and I don't have an answer. Oh yes. But why do we have this dance? Is a great question, you know, to take and 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 you know and, and work like you might work at learning a poem. Sure, and uh, yeah. And uh, we, I think that, uh, as it is said in my, my, my understanding of the text, is that we do not have to focus on it or to try to, to remove it. We have to focus on to continue to work on oneself. And one day it has disappeared and we even did not notice when it disappeared. Wow. Well, Elizabeth, I can't believe an hour's just about gone by. And um, I feel like we're just getting started. Oh, my goodness. Anything else that you'd like to share with us today before we say goodbye for today? Oh, my goodness, I don't know. I say, uh, as usual, I will say just that for me, this uh, Chinese classical medicine is very rich. And uh, it gives us a kind of uh, 
uh, approach of the of the movement of life and of what it takes to be a practitioner, a therapist, a human being, what it is to treat a human being. We don't treat a human being as we treat uh, things, uh, we repair something, you know. Uh, I don't want to speak of animals because it's a question, it's an open question uh, and a difficult one. But uh, it's, um, and I see that there is a lot of uh, uh, questions as well as answer or uh, uh, idea or uh, techniques or whatever that we have in classical Chinese medicine. And if we are able to keep that, this medicine alive, it will participate in the building of the medicine of the future. You know? But it has to remain a real medicine, not a kind of uh, science or uh, of uh, the Western medicine. Uh, has to remain a, a real medicine in itself, with its own corpus of knowledge, its own ways to make a diagnosis, its own treatment, and its own researches. We've been given a tremendous gift, you know, that we can live this life, and what's been passed on to us has been passed on to us. And what I hear you saying is it's our, partly our responsibility to nourish that, attend to it, and make sure that it goes along. And also, not only to transmit, but to, to participate to the evolving. If it is only transmission, it's already dead. Yes. Participation. We could do, we could do a whole hour on participation, couldn't we? Oh, yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for this delightful time together. Oh, thank you, Michael. It was a pleasure to be with you, and thank you for your help. I think the thing I love most about learning another language is not simply that I rename the world with new sounds, but that my very process of thinking changes as a foreign grammar and phrasing forces me to parse the world in novel ways. Chinese characters hold much in their pictographic representation of reality. And when you combine that with the nonlinear philosophy of China, it's possible to get a glimpse of the circular worldview that underlies our medicine. Our medicine is not simply about technique. It's about a perspective on nature and our part in it. Thanks as always for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community.